Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon show. Uh, this is an honor today to be joined by... Um, cheers. Uh, I, I may, I may, cheers. Cheers, PB. We, we're on with PB Dye. Uh, I don't, I'm going to call you an artist. Uh, you know, I guess I could call you a golf course designer, architect, but kind of, you know, as I've kind of been listening and, and reading up on you, I mean, this is more kind of an art form that you're approaching from a, from a golf course design standpoint than, say, uh, a true or traditional architect, eh? Well, as Judge Smale said, the world needs ditch diggers, too. And Dad and I have always referred <laughs> ourselves ditch diggers. We're just uh, pretty talented ditch diggers, I'd say that. But, uh, uh, you know, we're golf course designers, but we're, we're more golf course designer builders because we enjoy, you know, we love building them. They're, we have more fun building these things than anybody does playing them. <laughs> that's a good wow well so so that i've got a couple notes i i got some uh i got some challenging questions to ask you as we dig into this thing a little bit but um so so a, uh just a quick uh a preface before we get in here so you're in punta cana right now i believe you're there six months out of the year right uh at least yeah i've been coming so so that that go ahead yeah, well, I, I was going to say that bottle of Pappy, I think it got held up in customs. You, you never can trust those customs agents. Oh, <laughs> uh, perfect. So, so if, it, if it shows up at some point, you know, what to jump back on and have a taste. Oh, yeah. I, I'd love it. It'd be perfect. So, so PB, got a lot of stuff to unpack here. You know, been in the golf course uh golf course building business for, for many, many years, uh, what over 70 golf courses, I believe, and, and multiple countries, continents, states, et cetera. And haven't, uh, nobody's put me in jail yet. So we're doing okay. <laughs> and we won't get into the witness protection program down in, uh, in the Dominican. So we'll, we'll save that for another story. Um, so, Hey, so let's, let's talk a little about, uh, about young PB die kind of getting started. And, and obviously, you know, everybody's familiar with, uh, you know, with, with your dad, Pete and, and, you know, can you, you kind of at a young age, you took up the game and, and you said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm joining you, uh, side by side and I'm going to go build golf courses, uh, with you. And, but let me, let me kind of, I'm going to bounce around a little bit. So you played, uh, you played collegiate golf at Tampa. Is that right? Correct. And who who was uh, who was in your in your class at that time? Any uh, any notables that you played with? Well, I know you've heard of Brian Clare. <laughs> okay. C L A A R. Brian Clare. He, he won one or two tournaments, and then he was uh, he helped out with the senior PGA quite a bit. Oh, cool! Very cool. Yeah. Gotcha. But uh, and then. The and then our, our one good year, we played in a, uh, the intercollegiate tournament down there in Miami, and we beat everybody but Wake Forest. <laughs> very good year. Oh, wow. That would have been back in about, uh, oh, 77, I guess. That's the year I qualified and played in the U.S. Amateur up at uh, Canterbury. 
Okay, so that was uh, all right in Canterbury, and then uh, same year that you qualified for the British Amateur. Yep, I played. I played uh, Canterbury, and then the following spring played uh, at Royal Porth Call over in uh, Wales, and I and uh, and then some guy called me and said, "I need your help." And the next thing I knew, I was on a bulldozer down in Jacksonville, TPC in a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that guy that called you. Using the term swamp as being uh, complimentary. <laughs> and I guess that guy that called you, that was, uh, that, that was your father, huh? Oh, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Did, did, you, did you ever turn any job? Did he ever call and you turned any jobs down? Did he did or did I? Well, I'm saying, did did he ever call you? I didn't exactly. Uh, did, did he ever call me and me say no, no, no? You know, uh, let me tell you what. The way I was raised, and the way Dad was raised, when his mother said, "You know, come here," he said, "Yes, ma'am, I'm ready." And anytime my dad said, "You know, I want to get this done," my answer is, "Yes, sir, I'm ready." It, it didn't matter what it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was just part of the. That's the way we were raised. We're all sure. we're very old school. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And and uh, and the whole. I mean, it's a family business, right? I mean, you yourself. Uh, I think your brother, uh, sister, sister-in-law. Well, you know, Perry and I were you know pretty much growing up. We were just cheap child labor, but uh, I, and I can remember you know the first time I got a paycheck was sixty-five cents an hour. I was seven turning eight and then you know at 65 cents an hour when you work more than 40 hours that 65 percent almost became a dollar an hour so i was in high cotton then and i could tell you that at age eight i bought my first model a pickup truck so that was that you know that's 1963 <laughs> i still have a model a pickup truck that my dad and i bought in 1968 runs perfect it's up in urbana ohio Hmm. Nice. Oh yeah, at your uh, at your course up there. You want to you want to tell a little about the story. I think your grandfather started that golf course, or or uh, he he built the initial golf course, right? And then you kind of expanded from there. Well, P.F. Die, Paul Francis Die, my dad's father, was a first lieutenant in World War One, and he came back. He'd never played golf, but he was making a trip back with friends from New York back to Ohio going the old Route 40, and he broke down next to a place called the Summit Inn. And there he played golf for the first time and fell in love with it. Hmm. And henceforth, in the spring of 1922, late winter of 21, they incorporated the Urbana Country Club, and he began construction, and they opened up six holes by October, November of 22, and then uh, the last three holes the next year. And they had, uh, at the time, uh, they had a little work, they had a little help from one of uh, Donald Ross's uh, construction superintendents that was down there uh, doing the golf course in Springfield, Ohio. And that's all back in 1922. So that's what, that's where it all started. And that's where dad cut his teeth because, you know, Pete wasn't born until 1925. So the first nine holes was built by Paul Francis Dyer. We called him Pinky Dye. Nice, nice. 
And then how, how did he get that nickname? Well, he was either called PF or Pink because, you know, you know, being Irish descent, he had, you know, the red hair and the, the real light colored skin and blue eyes. And whenever, you know, and, you know, whenever he got in the sun, he had that pink skin. Plus, you know, uh, he had a little, you know, a drink every now and then. He was Irish. <laughs> uh, un understood. I, man after my own heart right there. Understood. <laughs> and uh, so so later on, so you so so your grandfather kind of starts the golf course and he was not a golf course. Uh, I mean, he, it's the first time he had ever played. So it was kind of happenstance that he said, hey, I'm going to go and build this thing. Right. Well, the reason he really built the golf course was because he loved the town of Urbana, Ohio, so much. And he didn't mind going to Columbus and playing Scioto or, you know, playing the Scarlet and Gray, but he wasn't going to go to Springfield, Ohio, to play golf. So he said Urbana needs its own golf course, and he built it. And at the time, he was a uh, an insurance, uh, sold crop insurance, and he had a couple of stores in town, and you know, including the Five and Dime, and had an old, uh, old style, you know, like speakeasy in the in the 20s called the Brass Rail, which was an old style uh, bar, you know, that uh, literally had a pool table on it, and and uh, if it wasn't for my grandmother's insistence, Pete Dye would have been born on that pool table, but uh, <laughs> she, she got my grandfather to to drive her down to the hospital in Springfield, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> you got to remember this, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, long time ago, 1929 and what mm -hmm. the roads were like, the cars were like, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We got the, uh, we, we've got 19, the, I'm sorry, 1925. So, you know. oh, wow. Mm -hmm. yeah, so prohibition, I guess was happening. So we've got the, uh, you've heard it here first, the die bootlegging story. Well, no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't during prohibition, but it was, he had it after the 21st amendment was repealed. So, okay. But, but he had a place right. called the brass rail. Oh, nice. And I think he owned it all the way until about 1964. Hmm. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool story. Quite some time, so, yeah. so, so fast forwarding, uh, you know, it comes time to add on or complete the golf course, if you will. And uh, I think you had a, you had a, a hand in that, right? Well, my dad's younger brother, Roy Andy Dye, had, had done a possible routing on a piece of property. And a couple of guys from the Urbana Country Club bought the adjoining property and an additional 60 acres. And my, at that time, my 94-year-old grandmother said, go up and build that nine holes. So when your 94-year-old grandmother tells you to do something, your answer is yes, ma'am. And I did. And uh, I made some uh, you know, minor tweaking to the uh, routing and went up there and started and fall of 91 and somehow I, I i built that golf course for i built nine holes and had it open for about two hundred thousand dollars which was you know hard to believe back in those days but uh it was a community effort and everybody from the you know the town chipped in either equipment or labor and this and that it was a lot of fun and currently uh, my bride and I, we have a little log cabin up there, and uh, we spend the summers up at Urbana, Ohio, right there on the country club. Nice. Nice. And, 19, and, and, and next summer, it's going to be the 100th anniversary. Oh, wow. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, festivities are due, I guess, eh? 
Uh, we uh, we try to have a little annual tournament that honors uh, that's that's honor about my grandfather's birthday, hmm. and uh, uh, yeah, we've had a lot of fun up there, and we will continue to have a lot more fun up there. Nice. Yeah, sure. So, so when you're down in, uh, when you're in the Dominican, uh, so, uh, and I, I, I apologize. I don't know if it was a collaboration between yourself and your dad, or if it was just your dad, but he, uh, the, uh, teeth of the dog, right. Is that, is, are you near that oh, yeah. property? Uh, teeth of the dog was started in 1970. And, um, initially the name of it was called Cojilas, which meant cashew nut in Spanish. And I arrived down here June 10th, 1971 in Santa Domingo. When I woke up June 11th, 1971, the whole room was shaking. And they had a 6.8 earthquake just south of, of La Ramana in the ocean. So I told everybody I had arrived. <clears throat> so come June 10th this year, I'll be 50 years down here. Oh, wow. And I can tell you that I've watched this place grow. It's been absolutely, you know, incredible. And I can tell you that Pete Dye says down here, it's life as it should be, not as it really is. <laughs> One of the things they don't, don't really uh, excel in is bourbon. Down here, it's, you know, of course, good Dominican rum. They like scotch. And they got some of the best beer in the world down here. Nice. nice. Well, what, uh, what, what brands? Well, El Presidente, the beer down here okay. is... And um, then, of course, the, the major uh, distilleries down here between Barcelo and Bermudez and Brugal, they've got some absolutely and you know wonderful rums down here. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. For I, sure. I, uh, I I do. Uh, I venture into the rum category every now and then. So uh, yeah, not not the, the Bacardi kind of mixer stuff. You know, more the kind of the the neat sippers, a uh, little higher proof rums. So yeah, I uh, I, I can go down that road. There's, uh, there's there's some things there that are just as smooth as Pappy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Well, we'll have to what, we'll have to do a side by side if uh, when Customs releases that bottle. <laughs> no problem. Planes fly down here every day. <laughs> right. Yeah, that that is true. The next time we do a show, uh, I feel like this has got to be in person in the Dominican. Oh yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> We're available. Our doors are open. <laughs> So, so you said you, uh, you actually got 18 in today. Uh, oh, yes, did you, what, what course did you play? Played Lacana course that I built here and, and, uh, opened it in 2000 and, uh, good friends that are down from Baltimore that have a place down here. And my wife and I played with them. We teed it up and got around about four hours. It was oh, nice. a perfect day. Oh, awesome. So are you, you playing about every day now? Mm, I'm going to say four to five times a week. Okay. You, are you still... Are you still maintaining that scratch handicap you like to brag about? No, I'm still single digit. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see. Today, uh, I shot give or take about 80. Oh, nice. Very good. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I played, I played Teeth the Dog the other day, shot 91. They came over here, and the, wind, the Teeth the Dog had a three-club win. And I came back here and shot 78 the next day. So, you know, it's just... You just, you see, you know, you see what happens every day. That's all you can do down here. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, that's golf for you. So I, I want to talk a little about kind of when you're approaching a golf course, right? Or when you're, uh, let me rephrase that. When you're approaching, in, you know, and it could be future or past, but you're approaching a piece of property and, and you, you know, you've, you've probably got some, uh, uh, generally speaking, you've got some kind of design or layout in mind or, or are you really starting from scratch? And it's like, let me look at the property and then, and then I'm going to tell you where it's going to go. Well, I can promise you that between uh, environmental people and permitting and engineers and cities and states and this and that, you know, when they get done with you, you know, then you start to figure out how you're going to build something. Okay. But I mean, usually, you know, that that's the biggest hurdle. And I can tell you that designing and building a golf course is just like raising children. The more you're there, the better they turn out. Mm. Because you don't know unless you, you know, and, and this is the way dad, you know, this is the way we're pairing our raised and we work with the land. We're like farmers. Mm-hmm. You work with the ground. You don't try and work against it. You don't draw a set of plans and give it to some contractor and never show up. You know, you show up every day, you run the crew, you know, uh, you know, you walk to the woods, you flag every tree to take down, you know, you know, you, you, if, if you want to, you know, make it personal. Now, if you want to just, you know, you know, put something on paper and hand it off. You can do that too. And a lot of people do that, but you know, dad, dad always says that, you know, he says, I'm just not smart enough to draw a set of plans. (laughs) Well, I have drawn plans for him and other people, but you know, normally, and you know, uh, there's there's some of the other great people in the world, you know, they look at a set of plans. They say, well, let's throw these away and let's see what we're looking at. So that's the biggest thing. And, and, uh, you know, but showing up every day, usually you get a good golf course done. And I can tell you that normally on any 18 hole project, we spend 150, 200 days. Oh, wow. Hmm. You know, and I mean, that's, that's dawn to dark. Yeah. Plus, as, as, as I'm sure you've heard, uh, I tell everybody, says, I'm your worst enemy. I'm a, you know, bulldozer operator with a scratch handicap and an Irish sense of humor. Well, <laughs> No, I play okay. I'm a pretty good teacher, but I'm a hell of a bulldozer operator. <laughs> I've been one since I've been 10. Mm. I'm 65. Mm. How, how many, uh, I'm, I'm, you, you've probably done this. How many, have you ever recorded how many hours you're clocking on a tractor a year or on a golf course? I mean, I'm sure it's different on the golf course, but. No, I mean, what name it's, what, no. what, you know, you know, it's fun to get on one of these, you know, I, I mean, I have a bumper sticker on the back of my little carry-all club car that says my other car is a bulldozer. And, <laughs> and, you know, as I say, you know, growing up, you know, we all had sandboxes as kids. You know, my sandbox just got bigger, and my Tonka toys turned into Caterpillar and Komatsu. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, and it's just, you know, that's the, the real fun in it is is building it with the people that you build it with. Right. And we learned, you know, when we started Long Cove in 80, 1980, all of a sudden we went from hiring farmers and road builders to hiring guys right out of agronomy school from Lake City or Michigan State or Ohio State, you know, from, from agronomical schools that were good golfers. And we put these kids on bulldozers and they went crazy. <laughs> and we had a lot of fun. And that's, you know, after 1980, that's what we did. Virtually everybody that worked with dad, 
you know, Bobby Weed and, and, and Jason McCoy and all these guys, they were golfers and they had degrees in agronomy. And we put them on a tractor. They loved it. Sure. So, and, and, and that's what really, I mean, it, it was like a metamorphosis in 1980 when we did Long Cove. You know, going from hiring road builders to hiring, you know, golfers that had never, you know, I can teach a guy to run a bulldozer in one day, but I can't teach a, a, a highway builder to love the game of golf. Yeah. And that's what happened. Hmm. So, so really? what was the, what was the epiphany that, that took you down that road? I mean, was it, was it weed or one of those guys that said, Hey, I want to do this or well, no, was it no. y'all at the time I showed up, I showed up to Long Cove 1980 and Bobby weed had been hired to be the construction superintendent. And actually, you know, we had eight guys on the payroll that were all single digit handicappers and I'm on the bulldozer. So you, you know, you could talk golf to them and then, yeah. At the end of nine months, I'd shaped every square inch of Long Cove, and Bobby and I, you know, started a relationship that's just been, you know, we're family. And the people that were part of that job are family. And it's it's been like that ever since. Dad all of a sudden realized and said, gee, you know, this is, this is so much different. All of a sudden, you're working with somebody with a four-year turf degree that can break 80, and you put them on a brand-new D6, well, you know, he, the blade doesn't hit the ground for 12 hours, but after that, you know, he figures it out. <laughs> and, you know, and some of those guys have turned out to be you know, just phenomenal operators. You know, Chris Lutsky is, you know, I was laughing at him the other day. I said, you know, he, he started off, you know, back at Old Marsh and he worked at Grand Harbor and this, that. I said, yeah, dad sent your ass to school. He goes, yeah, twice. <laughs> you know? and 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 all these guys that you know started off as you know stick pickers that are now you know either you know jason mccoy you know we're working for norman all these guys you know they're we're all oh, you know we're all good great friends and we stay in contact but it all started off with you know picking up sticks for pete die sure mm -hmm. and and loving the game of golf <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's yeah, really interesting you know, in, in that transition, right? And in, in going from a, I don't, I'm going to use the term, you know, a day laborer, somebody just to do the job, right? It's like, hey, what do you do? It's like, I push the button. Well, what happens? Like, I don't know. I'm just here to push the button versus somebody with a passion that's, uh, you know, that, that's invested not only in the property and the job, but, you know, wholeheartedly invested in, you know, the game of golf and making it better. Well, you know, as I said, it's tough to, teach a road builder to love the game of golf. And I can teach someone that loves the game of golf to run a bulldozer in one day. Mm -hmm. May not be perfect, but the blade will hit the ground. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so there's some, there's some, uh, I'll say die trademarks, right. Or, or die, uh, uh, fingerprints on a golf course. And, and we, you kind of hit on it a little earlier when we kind of teed this up and, and you've mentioned it a few times, right. You're the, you, you may be a, a golfer's worst night, worst nightmare is you, you got a bulldozer and a, and a scratch handicap. So, uh, you know, when, when you're, when you're looking at courses, right. And over the, over the history and you're like, Hey, you know, we're going to make some, you know, oddly enough, didn't, didn't plan this, but we're, uh, we're at the players championship this week at, at Sawgrass uh, or the PGA tour is, 
And, you know, are, are there things and elements, right? So whether it's whether it's deep pot bunkers, it's Island Greens, it's the uh, the railroad ties that are kind of around there. Uh, you know, the, I'm thinking, you know, Atlanta National, Long Cove, the honors. I mean, you know, all these things that you've that you've been instrumental in. Is it, it you know, and, and again, you can look at or play a dive course. And, and if you're a golfer, you kind of know where you're at, even if you don't know. Even if you didn't know, you would know by the time you got done that you just experienced, uh, you, you just had the die experience, right? So, so is it, it one, I guess, how much hate mail do you get? Or, or <laughs> but, but, but more importantly, and, and it's, you know, and, and, and I'll get into kind of, you know, some of the, you know, what the, the, you know, the one percenters, right? The PGA tour, the professionals that are out there that, that really don't play golf like any of the rest of the, you know, the other 99% of the people that show up to the course, but, you know, you all have stayed kind of tried and true to your imprint on, on a piece of land that becomes the golf course. And, and it really looks like it's kind of held over the, the course of, uh, of time is, you know, you don't see a lot of these golf courses, even though there's been some changes made to a few. We won't get into all that. But, you know, it, it's not, hey, we need to go back and make the golf course harder or we need to make it more challenging or it's I mean, you, you did a damn good job on the first run. <laughs> Boy, you've opened you've opened up so many avenues here. It's absolutely crazy. But you know, there's a lot of golf course designers out there, golf course builders, golf course architects. What do you want to say? That didn't have a spouse that beat Babe Zaharias and everybody else about you know, and, you know <laughs> and won 58 major amateur titles. That's for starters. And you know, you grow up with your mother like that. And, you know, as I said that, you know, I can tell you, I made a 12 foot putt on the 18th hole at Seminole to shoot 69 one time. And my mother said, did you just beat me? And I said, yes, ma'am. And I've never said another word. <laughs> so, you know, that the philosophy, you know, the philosophy of, of the game that we try to have people enjoy and, and, and the, the, the best compliment dad and I could ever receive is I had a lot of fun playing that golf course. I want to play it again. Sure. And you know, that, you know, that's the goal we're going after. Now, dad went after the mental aspect of the tour pro and did everything he could do to drive them crazy. And it's just like going into the old haunted house during Halloween and the guy puts the ball on the shelf and it rolls uphill. Well, we do everything we can do. And a guy called me out on this one time when we opened the PBDI club in front of all the scribes and everybody after we'd played 18 holes. And this was a mid, this was a, a mid Atlantic amateur, good player. He said, PB, this course has got VD. I said, <laughs> Oh my God, Michael, you're killing me. But everybody's listening. This goes, Visually deceptive and visually disturbing. <laughs> oh, boy, did I get out of that one. <laughs> that could have gone in a really awkward oh, direction. But <laughs> which way? But, you know, it's true that, that you know, you know, everybody knows Harbor Town. Yeah. And when he did Harbor Town in 68, 69, his plan was to create the hazard. And the closer you played to the major hazard, the better opening you had to the green. Well, you know, the, the pros see these big, expansive, you know, bunkers or waste areas. They hit them on the other side of the fairway, and the green is at a bad angle. 
Sure. But if you knock it in the hazard, you're going, gee, many crickets, this green's wide open from here. On a flat, hard surface? Well, you know, they still haven't figured it out. The place but has been there since Yeah, conceptually, that, that, that uh, you know, that, that path of thinking just doesn't make sense, right, to play to the hazard. And, you know, and following the philosophies of, of, of the great designers of the past, and as, as one guy, one of our friends said, I've worked with 51 architects. I said, well, I've only worked with one, okay? So, and he said, you know, golf was not meant to be fair, but it's supposed to be fun. And when he starts off saying, well, you know, Dad would say, you know, you know, first hole, left to right, right to left, right to left, left to right approaches and shorter holes. You can you can put more hazards in front of the green, longer holes, open up the greens, you know, the, the philosophy of the game. And, you know, when you go around, you say, OK, you've got four par threes, make them 150, 170, 190, 220 in four different directions because of the wind par fives, you make. You know, you know, 480, you know, 510, 545, and, you know, 590 in four different directions. Mm-hmm. You make, you know, one par four really long one direction, one par four really long the other direction. You know, you, know, you, you, you give it a variety. You don't set up, you know, every hole in the same direction, you know, and, and not, you know, think about the wind, all that stuff. And it, it makes the game enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Then... You know, to, to, to quote one of the great people, you got to get Mrs. Haversham around the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> and and I played with a, a great lady today that hits it 126 yards and rolls 30. Mm. And I got to get her around the golf course. Sure. You don't do that. As I say, if, Mr. S- if Mrs. Smith can't finish the golf course, Mr. Smith's not going to buy a house lot. Yeah. And, you know, so going back to Long Cove and what my mother taught me a long time ago is you got to get Mrs. Haversham around the golf course. Mm. And yet you go to the back tees, you got to make it to where Greg Norman's got to tee it up and hit it. So, you know, knowing that's the philosophy, you know, it's, it's you know, game on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I love it. Yeah, it, it, it is too good. So have you, have there been any, I'm sure there's been plenty of challenges, but just in, in your, um, you know, in, in, in your courses and, you know, and, and if you don't want to call them out, you don't have to, but, but have there been any where you've, you, you know, you, you're looking at the course and you're kind of sizing it up and you're like, Hey, okay, I can, I can set this up for, uh, the average golfer. And it's going to be just an a plus, uh, you know, just a common hack out there and, it, and I'm going to own it. But then for the tour guys, right. Or, or, or the more, uh, experienced player, eh, I'm going to have some challenges with that or, or vice versa. Well, <clears throat> I try to adhere to the same philosophy, you know, that one, I got to get, I got to get the girls around to let them have fun. Mm-hmm. And I got to take the back set of tees, but I've never had, you know, Dean Beeman, Herb Kohler, you know, landmark land come to me saying, we're going to have the Ryder cup here. We're going to have this here. We're going to have that here, right. you know, and dad did that with those courses and also made sure that, 
as I said, Mrs. Haversham, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to, you know, Caddyshack's probably going to come after me, but <laughs> you got to get her around, you know, and you got to get the ardent high handicapper player around to where he can finish. But yet, you know, you got to sit there and take, you know, those, you know, these, these 60 guys on tour are so good mm -hmm. that the only way you can get them is mentally something that, it makes their eyes lie to them. And like I told you, when the ball rolls up the shelf in the haunted house, yeah. you know, if, if you can make their eyes lie to them, you can just do create some different angles with bunkering or create a certain angle with a little bluff or a line of railroad ties, you know, and you know, you talk about the classic offsets, they're 15, 33, 45 degrees, and you continue the hazard to where you make long left a big penalty. Now, who hits it long left? The pros. Who hits it short right? The rest of the world. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, and, you know, and, you know, Phil Mickelson aside and all that stuff. But I mean, you know, if you, you know, if you're trying to challenge the pros, you got to do something that visually intimidates them. Got to. And TPC, you know, you know, you've seen some great rounds at TPC, and you've seen some guys, you know, take six iron and can't land it on an eight thousand square foot surface, <laughs> right? And you're going, you know, you know, it was really funny when we were building TPC. We used to go to 17T at night with you know, a cooler or two, or maybe a keg or who in the hell knows what <laughs> and hit balls onto the Island before it was grasped. Oh, sure. wow. At night, because you could hear if it hit the water. Yeah. You have no idea how much fun that is. <laughs> I, I could only, I could only imagine, especially with, uh, yeah, I'd say the coolers came back empty also. <laughs> oh, you bet. <laughs> you know, you know, and, 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 you know, that place, you know, and you think about you take any pro and you put a circle the size of the island green in the middle of a driving range and say, here's a hundred golf balls. Oh, you're going to have a hundred in the circle. In the circle. But you put it out there. And it's just like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's so much fun to watch them play 16, 17, 18. And, but, you know, you also think that, let me tell you what, you know, they were talking about, you know, two as a whole, they said they could kind of miss a shot and still make a birdie. And you can still make double bogey there pretty quick. Oh, yeah. And every hole out there, you can make a birdie or a double bogey really quick. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah. that's, that's fun to watch for the average guy because, you know, we're out, you know, you know, we're out there making birdie or, you know, triple bogey. So. It's, so, it's so it's, the pros wet. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, right, exactly. So, yeah, it's it's, uh, and we hear it often. So, if you know, if you're watching golfers during interviews, what have you, and, and you said it right. I mean, those those guys that are t, uh, what's there, 165 players maybe that are that are teeing it up this week, and every single one of those guys are are just, you know, for the common person, we can't even think about how good they actually are. And, and one of the common things that you hear the tour pro say is, oh, well, that course fits my eye. Yeah. 
I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going, I'm just pulling out of left field over here. Maybe that's right field, but I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say a die course fits my eye. No, no doubt. I, I'm, I'm sure they, I'm sure they're there. They're out there, but. Do you, do you remember the year that Norman won big time? Okay. Yeah. At the time, Greg and dad were building the medalists together. Mm. And they sat down many times and dad told him exactly the philosophy and how to play every hole. Do I need to say anything more? No, no. I get, I guess it fit his eye, you know, and you know, it went from, you know, the great scene of fuzzy Zeller wiping off Greg Norman's forehead. <laughs> Cause he was, he was like 24 under. That's sure. crazy. Mm. Um, but you know, that, you know, you know, uh, there's holes, there's holes that I've built that I know everything about them. And they drive me crazy, but I build them that way so that they will drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, and as I said, that that's what we, that's the only way to get to the pros. They're that good. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're like the 33 guys going around Indy, you know, they're that good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you're seeing, so when we're looking and I don't know that scores have changed all that much uh, equipment's changed and, and we can get into that if you want to in a minute, but when you see somebody that's coming in, you know, over the week and, and they, you know, they're shooting, you know, double digits under par at, at, at one of your courses or designs, is that, is that stimulating to you and exciting that, Hey, you figured it out and you, you know, I don't want to say beat the course because again, you could come back the next week and you could just be, you know, hell in a handbasket. But, but do you like it when people are able to set up and, and, and play the course and the golfer wins, or are you thinking in the back of your mind, shit, I need to, I could have changed something else because I I want the course to win every time. Well, I built a golf course down here for a barrel star and I brought a guy out just as we're about ready to open it. Could really hit it. The ninth hole was a long par five and he hit just clocked a driver. I said, take five wood right up over this hump. You know, the greens behind it is blind and just trust me. And he hit about 15 feet, made three. And the guys that, that helped me build the golf course said, weren't you mad? I said, are you kidding? I got to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to watch this guy rip a driver in five wood and do exactly what I'm trying to predict. You know, now fast forward, dad says that right now for the pros, 16 under after four rounds is par because they can reach every par five and two. So you got four par fives times four, 16. Yep. And when the, Decision was made to turn 12 into a drivable par four. A guy called him up and dad was unfortunately, he was, he was still talking very pretty clearly. He says, son, do you know what you call a drivable par four? He goes, what? He says a par three. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know? And I mean, if it, you know, cause I mean, now what do you consider now drivable? I mean, 360. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I grew up playing with Tommy Armour, mm-hmm. Sam Snead, mm-hmm. you know, and some people of that era. And dad grew up with people older than that. And at that time, 250 to 265 yards was a pretty damn good drive. If you rolled it to 290, 
you know, and as I tell everybody, the reason, you know, the uh, few people really love uh, my dad, his statement was that the USGA has slowed down play, increased maintenance costs, and totally lost control of all the equipment. Mm. Other than that, they haven't done a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> and put those guys out there, go, go, in, go, into, go into Pioneer's and get yourself a set of 1973 irons and some low trash balls and see how these boys play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the play. See how Sneed, Tommy Aaron, Tommy Armour, those guys played in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's all another, you know, and if you don't think there's a change in the equipment, I've got a 1929 Model A sitting in my garage and a 2019 Subaru. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. Look at those. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, and that's exactly what's happened. Not only with the golf equipment, balls, shafts, heads, but also the maintenance equipment, mm-hmm. the mowing equipment, the, the, the knowledge and agronomy now. And, you know, golf courses are flawless. You know, everything's going to be Augusta national. Perfect. The, the old rub of the grain, when, you know, Sneed would come in and say, you know, I had three or four lies out there that I could really nick the ball, really catch it clean. Those days are gone. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's keeping up with the USGA's envision of whatever they're doing. Right. Yeah. So, so does that change your, does that, has that, has that changed or has your approach evolved over the years with with the with equipment change because i mean if you go back and look at you know some of the early courses and some of the the newer courses i I mean i don't if i'm looking at it i don't really see necessarily anything that's i mean you built a hard as hell golf course to begin with right so i don't know i don't know how much hard and and i don't mean hard in in necessarily a bad i mean if you're playing good right and you you know where to play it you can you know you you can get around if you're if you're off or you know you don't have a a strategy or you know kind of a roadmap as you're as you're playing the course then you know you you might have a longer day than you anticipated but has that changed kind of the your 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 strategy in, in how you're setting up the golf course well you know, trying to adapt to those 60 or 100 players is, is, has nothing to do with what I'm on this planet to do. Mm. But when I, you know, when a, a developer approaches me, and in the old days, if you go down to Dubs Dread down there, you know, in, in Ohio, in Ocala, the corridors between house lots and house lots was 200 and 25 to 250 feet wide. Now I ask for 400 feet because you guys get up there, hit a slice. It's going further right or left than it used to. So you need more space and it's traveling a lot further. You know, as I said, trying to, trying to control those, you know, like I said, the 33 guys going around India at 235 miles an hour, you can't do it. They're right. that good. Right. You know, there, there is no, if you do the math, there was a gal hit the first golf ball at Seminole, and I played golf with her. She could hit the golf ball 140 yards and rolled 15. And the golf course she played basically 
was about 5,200 yards long. Hmm. Well, Greg Norman at the time was hit at 300 yards. Mathematically, his golf course should be 10,000 yards long. (laughs) I mean, if you want to put it into a real perspective and mathematical perspective of it, these guys should not be playing a golf course one inch under 10,000 yards. Wow. If you want them to hit every club in the bag. Now, I was taught the philosophy. First hole, driver nine iron, driver wedge. Second hole, driver seven iron, six iron. Put out a par three at about you know five or four iron. You know, a couple holes, driver four iron, driver three iron. You know, you look up, and I'm not going to tell you this answer. You look up how far the 18th hole was when Hogan hit that one iron. Mm. And you look how far John Daly, I think it was a sixth or seventh hole at Baltistrol, hit driver one iron, 636 yards. Had never been reached in two. Wow. And Hogan hits Marion with driver and a one iron. Look up how far, how long that hole played when he won that tournament. Huh. I'm not telling you. Mm, okay. That's the difference. That is the difference. If you don't think there's a difference, look at cars, airplanes, anything, mm-hmm. aerodynamics, technology, medicine, all that stuff's advanced that much. Yeah, for sure. I, I haven't looked it up yet, but I would venture to say that it is pretty damn close to the same yardage, depending on where they put the T's. What, what, where Marion is? Yeah. <laughs> Try again. Oh, okay. <laughs> when, when, when Hogan hit the one iron, he hit driver one iron. And let me tell you what, John Daly hit driver one iron up at Baldestral. Tough uh-huh. There's almost a 200-yard difference. Oh, wow. Yeah, something else. You know, I, I know that I'm hitting it, you know, pretty good with the senior shaft and and the uh amx or whatever you know the one of the toddlers balls all stuff <laughs> and when i was in college i hit it as far as you know all those guys i played against in amateur golf at the north south i could hit it just up with all of them hmm. yeah well yeah, that's um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to see kind of where you know, and, and we're not on here to talk about the well, maybe we are on here to talk about the, where the game's going, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know, again, it, it, it has it turned into more of you know, because I don't know where the you know back when you know when Snead and Hogan and all that was you know, I don't know that golf had made it to the entertainment arena that it sits in today. And, and today, right. I mean, especially for the, the, uh, I'd say the casual fan or casual golfer, you know, they definitely kind of built that celebrity status from a, a entertainment value versus being a, uh, a sport or golf enthusiast. So I can see a little bit of difference in, in that, but again, it's, you know, I, I don't know. So you, you, you build the golf course. Would you rather see, uh, would you rather see somebody, well, you just answered, I guess you, you'd rather see them kind of go out and make, make the hit, the drive, hit the iron that you tell them to make birdie and move on versus somebody that, uh, that comes in and, you know, make what's uh, daily made like the 18 at, um, uh, at, at Bay Hill, uh, you know, so. Yeah. Well, you know, see, uh, I've never tried to go 
outside my box and build for the touring pros. Right. I'm building, you know, residential or destination resort golf courses that you want people to come down and have fun mm, and sure. do exactly what I said. Use every club in the bag. Today, if you think about it, to try and use every club in the bag for any of the top 60 pros, you're at 10,000 yards. But, yeah. you know, it's, that's never going to happen because nobody's going to put up that much real estate. And, but, you know, the unique thing is that, you know, the great thing about the game of golf is, you know, it, it works on everybody. You know, it, it can make you feel really great. It can make you feel really bad. You can make birdie one day, double bogey the next. And, and you just look up and just grin and keep going. Uh, you know, it's, it's not going to happen to where you start building 10,000-yard golf courses for the tour. There's no reason to. Yeah. And well, yeah, I mean, how, how many people are going to get to do that, right? I mean, you, you see them, yeah. they're going to be on TV this weekend. That, that's all you're going to get. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not sure the longest golf course they play on tour. And uh, I know that Kiowa, the ocean course, there are extra set of tees. Some of them have never been planted, but they were built. And Dad's philosophy doing Kiowa, because at that time, he was working for Ernie Vossler and Joe Walser, the landmark land people. Same people, P.J. West, the Kings, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And if the wind changed, he could take a 480-yard par four and re- bring it down to, you know, 380. Oh, wow. He could take a 380-yard par four in the other direction and make it 480. Mm, right. He gave those options. And But if, you, if, if they played the, the tips... And all the tees that were, were that were shaped or planted, I think it's close to nine thousand yards. Oh wow! But it's never going to be played nine thousand yards because it was set up, as I said, to play according to the to the 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 wind of the day. And now this will blow your mind. In the springtime, Dad knew when TPC was going to be be played, so he cut channels through the trees 18 fairway coming across 17 16 coming across that peninsula that used to be there and the parking lot that was behind 17 t and so the wind would swirl around the green oh really evan costello he's a bad boy i, I was about to say an, an evil evil man all all that's been changed because of spectator mounting, spectator, you know, boxes and all that stuff, they've changed the wind flow that literally, as you stood on the green, uh, stood on the tee, the wind may be coming from your left, but if the green is coming from the right. Mm-hmm. And I know that to be true because I'm one of the people, I was there. Yeah. So, so do you think TPC play, Sawgrass plays different today than it did uh, 30 years ago? Of course it does. 30 years ago, it was still a swamp. Oh, yeah. Well, I got, got my math wrong there. Just, just to get that place finished and open was a miracle. Okay. And then for the next four or five years, the flat waste areas, Bobby Weed was there. He just finished building Long Cove with Dad. And you know, with Dean Beeman, you know, Dad and Bobby and Dean Beeman, they 
they, you know, finished the outer line areas. You know, there were a couple of green sites that sagged. But when you build a golf course on a piece of muck, <laughs> you try and stay. I mean, I'm, you've got to remember, you know, you know, some of us were there and to try and stabilize that ground. Mm -hmm. The best material and the only place that was stabilized on the whole property is under the clubhouse. Oh, wow. That makes sense. All the, good, all, the, all the good sand from the lake between 9 and 18 went to the clubhouse site. Yeah. It was taken down to good material, compacted, filled, built just like a road. Mm. Now, the golf course was kind of floating. <laughs> <laughs> when the irrigation system was put in and the tractor was running down the fairway to plant, to spring the grass, you could actually see the fairway move hmm. <laughs> i'm not kidding i'm not kidding you i was there it was unbelievable so so 17 isn't the isn't the only island on the course the course itself is an island <laughs> well no it's not an island as much as that <clears throat> there's a layer of organic material in there and it's floating on top of a layer of of, of gray material that you know, we won't get into the specifics of it, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a swamp. It's floating. And, um, you know, what we did is we basically dug a moat around the whole property and created a pumping system very much similar to New Orleans. And we lowered the water level in the area from basically, uh, two feet down to minus one or minus two dropped at four feet and all the water is interconnected through channels and, 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 and canals. And they go to a pumping station that goes out the intercoastal waterway. Hmm. I mean, there's, there's horses all through South Florida that have the same basic pumping system hmm. and New Orleans survives on a pumping system like that. And I, I think you know, you quote me on this, but I, I think the two pump stations can pump two million gallons a minute. And uh, a million gallons is a football field one foot in 60 seconds. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. <clears throat> when you say that um, you built uh, TPC for a certain time of year, was there any similar type of logic with, with regards to Harpertown? You know, at Harbor Town, I was 13 turning 14. And I showed up there and worked on it. And, and I, you know, I really couldn't tell you, you know, okay. I, I just know that that uh, we were under the gun to get the course ready for the tournament Thanksgiving of 69. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, the tournament for the first couple of years was Thanksgiving. And I believe... I don't know this for a fact, but I'd have to look into it. But I think construction was started in like June of 68. Okay. okay. So that's pretty good to have it open Thanksgiving in 69. But I know that my brother and I and some other people were still laying sod on a bunker when the pros were teeing it up on Thursday. 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, so so I, w- I was watching some of the interviews today with some of the players and the, the one that sticks out and he, he's a winner at uh, Sawgrass. So, you know, maybe that's the reason he said it, but, uh, but a couple other guys mentioned it and they said that TPC Sawgrass is a fair golf course. I was a little surprised to hear the word fair come out of their mouth. But again, you know, one of the guys, it, it was Webb, right? So, I, and he always plays the course really well. So, you know, it's, there's, there's something there and yeah, he's not the longest hitter on tour. So there's something there that, that, you know, that he likes, but I, I was a little, uh, I, I was a little, I was surprised to hear somebody say that it was fair. I know they wouldn't have said that the first two years. <laughs> 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 but you know, it's like, you know, it's like Augusta. They they they've acclimated to it. They they know the golf course, and you know, a lot of them love it. Yeah. And you know, it you know, and, and you know, it sets up. You know, I mean, TPC sets up with left to right shots, right to left shots, and you know, as they say, you know, you can get a you can get a bad bounce from a good shot, and a good bounce from a bad shot. But uh, you know, and and you know, you and I both know that. Golf was not meant to be fair. Absolutely. And, but, you know, as we always said, golf's supposed to be fun. Well, you know, I'm not sure, you know, what he, what his definition of, of fair is. Um, you know, you can make a golf course unplayable for one person and playable for the next. And I tell you what, you know, if you look at the, I'm going to say the books at TPC and the players playing there, everybody's playing there. And, you know, they all want to play like the pros. Of course, you know, none of us play like the pros, but, <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, you know, the golf course is receptive. There's pin placements there, you know, and you know, it's, 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 you know, it's cleaned up and it, you know, it, you know, in the first two or three years, you know, I got to remember, man, we were dealing in some, you know, nature threw us some big, you know, some big curveballs the first two or three years up there, just trying to stabilize the spectator mounds was a chore. Oh wow! But you know, and but I mean, you know, you know, the great thing about TPC is, you know, like the the course out in Phoenix, you know, it's it's a spec. It was built to be, you know, enjoyed by the spectators, and, and they accomplished it. They did a great job mm-hmm. of it. And you know, there there's no way to make the golf course. 9 million yards long, you know, same thing with, you know, Harbor town, it's not going to happen. Right. And, you know, and all those players love Harbor town. They love everything about Harbor town. They love everything about everything that happens at TPC, you know, the camaraderie that, you know, I mean, just, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a tournament. I think the pros look forward to. Well, TPC, I mean, Cal, correct me if I'm wrong. And you and I were talking about this offline, but probably the most, memorable or visual uh, hole in golf. I mean, I would think it's probably the the biggest one out there in terms of just iconic. You know, everybody knows what that is when you look at it. And I mean, you look at, you look at, you know, there's, there's Amen Corner and all that, but that, that's a chain of holes. But just from one single hole, I think it's got yeah. the crown. Well, you know, they say that 17 is the most photographed hole in the history of golf. And, yeah. You know, and the best thing about it is dad didn't build it. <laughs> <laughs> 
give that one to my mother now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, did, did she, so, so did, did she come up with the concept of the Alan oh, Green? Come on now. You ought to know better. Now, you know, she, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> well, he, he can't stay. He's got to ask. He's got to ask. Just be polite. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, can't, um, I can't take your show from you, PB. <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, she did. You know, it was really funny. I remember she looked at Dean Beeman one day and said, what are you going to do when the leader of the tournament comes around here and runs out of golf balls? <laughs> are you going to let him go to the pro shop and buy another case? You know, another, uh, you know. Hold, hold on. I may, I may have to recant on my statement that, that Pete was an evil man. Uh, Mrs. Dye may have been an evil woman also. And, and I don't mean that. Don't, don't take that the wrong way. I mean it tongue in cheek. So. Everybody used that word diabolical, but, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, you know, as we've had a lot of fun, that's all I can tell you. We've had a lot of fun. The game has been really good to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it looks like again, and, and just kind of reading up and, and catching back up on, on the die family. I mean, absolutely. It is, uh, you know, and, and what I'm shit, I'll go with the message that you sent me back. Right. When I said, Hey, will you come on the show? I mean, I'm like, well, this is going to be a hoot. Um, it, and, and it, you know, it, it's really fun that you can approach something that is, and, and, and this is going back, you know, I, I would consider yourself a traditionalist in some ways and, and, you know, and, and there was a period of time where golf, you know, was it, fun. I mean, probably yes, for some, and, and, and maybe, uh, you know, the traditionalists kind of keep it in a, in a very, uh, you know, guardrails and, and Hey, we've got to stay down this, you know, very crisp and clean and proper, uh, format. And, and from, from the first interaction with you, uh, I, again, I, I'm not saying that you didn't keep it that way and keep it in its traditional mindset, but just because it's called golf doesn't mean you can't have a good time when you're doing it. And that, that that's what I appreciate the most about your, uh, about your personality and, and your approach to this thing is just, uh, it, it's have a good time, man. I mean, that, that's, the key, right? I mean, you said it. If, if, if I leave the course today and I say, man, I can't wait to play that course again tomorrow, then, then you've succeeded. You know, and that's, you know, it doesn't have to be fair, but it has, it should be fun. Mm-hmm. That's all I have. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, and everything I've done, you know, you, you talk about going back to thinking about hitting golf balls when I'm two and three and four years old and, and you know, everything that, that golf has done, for me and also our family. And you just, you know, it's a great game. It's one of the greatest games ever. And the people you meet playing golf. And, and as I said, as I said, we've had more fun building these golf courses than anybody can imagine. I mean, you just, the stories are just beyond belief. Mm-hmm. And, you know, down here, you know, dad sent me down here 49 years ago. And we've had a great time in the Dominican Republic and golf down here. Absolutely. Just we, ha- we have 11 die golf courses on this Island. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'd say it's, it's almost die Island at this point. Right. Well, you know, you know, within an earshot, there's, you know, five seaside golf courses, you know, you know, Nicholas die, die Fazio and, 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 uh, Faldo. Oh, wow. Yeah. There, there's not that many seaside golf courses on the East coast of the United States. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so that interesting point, but PB that I, not to cut you off, but I, just to be respectful of your time, um, are, are you good to talk for a little while longer? I've got no place to go. I'm right here. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, that was the wrong answer. We'll be on here until like oh, uh, who knows when. <laughs> but uh, so 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 that that's a I, I made a note and it, and I want to ask you because you've got you've got seaside golf courses that you've either built or been involved in, and then you've got uh, inland or or mountain courses if you want to call them that. Maybe not mountain, but inland courses. Are you a uh, are you a mountain gol- are you an inland golfer or uh, well what what do you prefer in two aspects from a builder or from from the from the golf course designer and from the player uh, which do you prefer is it the same or both or, or different sorry you know I went to play Fisher Island up in New York uh, old. You know, Seth Rayner, Stephen McDonald. And when I got there, I felt like I'd walked into a Monet painting and stayed there for five days. (laughs) Um, Dad took me to England, Scotland, Ireland when I was 19. Same thing, you know, just, you know, you know, and everything, the places that golf takes you and the people you meet playing a game of golf are spectacular and I said, you know, to my two big passions, I, I love to golf. I love to fly fish. And then they take you to great places around this world. You meet great people. And, you know, whether or not you're going up in the cashiers, North Carolina, oh. or, or down or down here, you know, playing the ocean course at Kiowa. And, you know, and, you know, or, you know, and I, I belong to Port Rush over in, in Northern Ireland and, and, you know, got great friends are almost family down in La Hinch and, you know, and I, and I have not played all the great golf courses in the world. You know, I've, I'm, 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 I hate to say that I've you know, been very limited because when you're, when you're building these things, you know, you, you stay on them. Yep. Sure. But, you know, it's like, you know, you know there's uh, golf, such a great game. It takes you great places. And I'm trying to go play dad's golf course in Switzerland that I have not played, you know, mm. and some stuff like that. And, uh, so, you know, whether it's, you know, mountain, I mean, you know, golf's golf, you know, you know, you're playing with, you know, you know, I enjoy playing with my bride all over the place. She's a good player and, and plays fast. And we play with people all over the, you know, every place, just like we did today. So, you know, when you say that, it's just like, you know, people ask me, what's your favorite golf course? I said, well, it's like asking somebody who's your favorite child. Even though I do not have children, but I mean, all my golf courses, they're my favorite. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, you treat them just like children and you hope that, you know, when you, when you leave and, and they're belong to somebody else, they take good care of them. Right. Sure. Because, I mean, that's just the way it is. And you love them all. And then, you know, you, somebody says, what's your favorite golf course? It's not yours. I said, any golf course that has grass on it. <laughs> I've been on a lot of golf courses that have been mud, brick. I, dust. I was going to say, you, yeah, you, you, you look at a lot of, uh, it, it's going to be a golf course, but it's not a golf course yet, I guess. Right. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, it just, you know, as I say, you know, it's a, it's a unique game and it's been really great to us, you know, and you know, as I went fishing yesterday and played golf today, I'm having a good week. Oh, that's perfect. All right. He definitely dodged that question. So I I knew I wasn't going to ask you what your favorite golf course is. I I know that's the wrong direction. I thought I might skirt it a little bit, but I I definitely didn't, uh, didn't, didn't. I I could tell you that I choose to live at La Cana, Punta Cana Resort and Club in the Dominican Republic and Urbana Country Club, Urbana, Ohio. Does that answer? 
question. Oh, yeah. why, why not? Why not a little bit of both? It does. It does. You know, sure. you know, you know, you know, I can live any place I want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Cal, no, yeah, my, my, internet was cut, answer. My, my, my internet was cutting out in the very beginning. Did you get a chance to ask him about who connected us to Myrtle Beach and that, that course? You know, I, I didn't, but uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say uh, thank you to Jay Smith at Prestwick Country Club for, uh, for actually getting us hooked up. And, and uh, you know, Jay was, uh, was kind enough to have us uh, uh, to the course. I think we were there in October-ish of 2020. And uh, what a hey! I got an ass whooping there, PD. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> but and and and, uh, and and we had Jay on the show, and and uh, you know, just a great guest, and we had a really good time. He uh, he shared a couple of stories about you. Uh, n- nothing, nothing. Uh, everything was PG. You know, more importantly, what he said was, and and Dan and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, we got to get PB on the show. I mean, this is. But he he talked about. And, and you talked about this early on in our conversation when we started is about, you know, and, and from, from your dad's, uh, you know, kind of, kind of the, the, the process and, and just what, you know, the, what it means to be involved in the development of a golf course. Is he like, you show up at Presswick and it's like, Hey, let's get in a golf cart and let's go right around and yeah. let's, let's take a look at this thing and see what it is. And, and I, you know, I, I thought that that, and, you know, again, we, we haven't talked with a lot of, uh, a lot of designers and, and, and architects, but I mean, is that a, is that a common practice of yours that you're going back regularly to your courses and, and it's not an inspection, right? But it's, Hey, how did, is it, or is it, or is it, Hey, did this, did this stand up? Is this still good? Is it, or are there, are you keeping a, a notebook and it's like, Hey, I need to check on whole number seven around the, uh, you know, around the retaining wall you know is it where it needs to be or what's that thought process when you're revisiting a golf course as a uh you know as as the creator well it's always an honor to be invited back to any of your golf courses that's one Prestwick's always been great because the family that started that deal and jay's been there for a lot a lot of years and the superintendent paul's been a great guy and and, you know, I have some friends that, you know, I called Jay up and say, you know, I've got a force. I want to get on down there. He just takes great care of everybody. And I'm going to say it's more like a family reunion. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Um, at, 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 you know, at the countryside, you know, having a, having a barbecue sandwich. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, it's family. The only way I can tell you, because yeah. when you approach it and, you know, anything I can do to help you and, and vice versa. I mean, Jay one time said, you know, I've got, you know, I can't remember, like 65 flags. Can you and your dad sign them for the, <laughs> I said, them up here. We'll take care of it right now. No problem. And, you know, that was in the latter years and, and you know, things like that. I mean, it's just, so, you know, when you show up there, you know, it's, it's, you know, let's go around the golf course, have a turkey sandwich, you know, chat this and that or play golf or, you know, and uh, if I see anything that's amiss, I'll just talk to him about it. It's just not, you know, it's it's not coming in and, and giving any type of, you know, great point or criticism or this and that. It's 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 like you know, it's like family. It's like I said, it's a family reunion. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it's good to hear. And it sounds like you, even though you've worked a lot in your life, it sounds like you really haven't showed up at a job a lot in your life. Exactly. That's, uh, <laughs> if, that, if that's a fair, fair way to put it. Well, I try to show up down there in Myrtle Beach between Prestwick and Debbie Dew. And, and you know, I haven't been out to Legends in a while. And I show up at Landfall. And, uh, of course, the dad built that, you know, <laughs> little minor off up there. And, uh, but, uh, you know, my, my bride's from the Carolinas. I try and get in there every, you know, couple of years. And, you know, dad's built 120, 30 golf courses. I've done, you know, 60 or 70. So uh, there's only so much time. But, you know, when anybody calls, I said, you know, I'll be there tomorrow. I mean, it's just it's that way. It's always been that way. That's the way we're raised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And somebody says, well, what do I got to do? He says, well, I have a turkey sandwich ready. I'll be there tomorrow. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. You know? Oh, it's too good. It's too good. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to head, uh, head West on you to uh, fu- funny story. I hope you'll expand on it as much as you can. So you built uh, Atlanta national. Yeah. In uh, just outside of Atlanta, it's probably Roswell proper, but uh, Atlanta, Georgia, just for conversation's sake. And it, and I'm I'm gonna uh, our listeners, yeah, you know, I may be dating some things here. They they may have to go and look this one up. But um, I don't know. Would you call Would you call Lewis a comedian, or was he a uh, a storyteller, or Lewis Grizzard, the great <laughs> Lewis Grizzard? <laughs> and if you haven't, I don't even know if he could be. If Lewis could be like, I don't know if if he would be allowed to be anywhere right now. And but again, you know, in, in the time and date. And, you know, whatnot. But, um, so, so he's playing and I, I'm, I'm assuming he was a member at Atlanta national, uh, or maybe he was a guest, but, uh, I think you got a little, uh, I think he had some, some very, uh, choice you after playing it for the first time, right? Opening day. I'm playing with Mr. Don Sutton. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. And another guy named Jack D'Amico and another guy and Louis Grizzard came to me he said, he said, he said, after playing this course, you need to be drug tested. <laughs> so I found it, flattened it out and put it in a beaker and sent it over to his table. So you, you, you sent him a vial of Mountain Dew, which could look like a drug yeah. test. So, but, you know, I mean, you know, one of my greatest, I, I love to say, you know, aim low boys, they're riding Shetland ponies. <laughs> and, and, he was, um, I never got to play golf with him, but I got to sit in the, in the, the, the 19th hole with him three or four times, but I played with Don Sutton there a couple of times, oh, and yeah. he was, he was there opening day and he was a treat. Mm-hmm. I only, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, Mark Twain at his best. You know, what can I tell you? You know, I just, you just have to understand Louis Grizzard and all his books and writings. And, and, uh, you know, he was a treat, but he was a member of, uh, I believe he was a member at Atlanta National early days. Yeah. As and was that, Don. Yeah. And, uh, Don Sutton, uh, I'm going to call him the voice of the Atlanta Braves, but, uh, new, new, numerous other things. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and, and was Atlanta national, if, if I, if I read it correctly, that was one of your, uh, kind of early, earlier projects, right? 
Yeah, it was in early days, and, and uh, I'm trying to think, Bob Brotherton, but Jack D'Amico was there, and uh, Dad and I had a ball on that project because we had, oh, God, doggy. We had uh, two or three guys that helped shape, helped shape Deborah do, and um, um, I, I mean, you know, I, I can't tell you how many trips I've made up there. Yeah. Um, and dad and I, you know, we had a seven golf courses where we both spent a lot of time together on. And, um, really had fun building that thing. And, uh, the, you know, the whole concept, you know, when you get to build an attack golf course, a core golf course, where the houses are on the outside, you know, and it's strictly for golf. It's just, it's just a treat, you know, and you know, like, you know, dad got to go up there and do all the courses up there and, and for Herb Kohler, which are yep. core golf, no real estate. And yeah, there was, you know, there were some house lots there in Atlanta national, but they're up there, you know, back away. So they weren't on the golf. They could see the golf course, but they were not like a residential community. And that was just a great project. And, and uh, I've gone back so many times and uh, haven't been there in the last three years. One, because, you know, haven't done anything more in the last year than be locked down the Dominican Republic. <laughs> great. It's a great place to be locked up down down here, you know? I'd, I'd say. <clears throat> well, like, like the honors in Tennessee, right? I mean, that was, uh, I mean, that that's uh, kind of a, I don't want to say a similar setup, but, uh, but, the, but the same, it's, you know, you're, it's, you're, you target golf for you, right? You know, it, 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 Jack Lupton was a great, you know, great person. And what he wanted to do for the game of golf there was just fantastic. And dad said, you got to go, got to go see this thing in Tennessee. And I'm like, I don't want to go to Tennessee, but I showed up and I never left. I stayed there for 14 straight months until we uh, hired David Stone <laughs> away from the hills up there in Knoxville. <laughs> And we had everything planted. And, you know, after that, David Stone, you know, there's there's nobody in agronomy that doesn't know who David Stone is. And, um, you know, the honors course has just been, you know, super. And, and uh, you know, uh, it's the, the, only, the only unfortunate thing about the honors course is that the topsoil on that White Oak Mountain was called Chert. It had no nutritional value. <laughs> you know, it was like it was the hardest stuff to grow grass on that anybody's ever come up with. <laughs> but I mean, what a great setting, and you know, and and everything about the honors course is great. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, so let me. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna spin us over to nine hole golf courses, yep. and and so before you talk about the uh, the masterpiece that you built. Uh, and, and you, so, you know, you were, you had limited real estate, right. To, to build, to build the one that, that you did. I, I think you've only done one as far as I know, you may have done others, but well, I guess I take that back. I mean, do you consider the, uh, your addition to Ohio? I mean, I guess that was a nine hole golf course that you built, right? Yeah. Yes and no, but you're, you're yeah. talking about your island. Yeah. Fisher, Fisher yeah. Island. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, I think one of the, uh, one of the better comments or statements that I've seen from you is, you know, I, I tried to build 18 holes of fun. Hopefully I'm quoting it right. 18 holes of fun in a nine hole golf course. Yeah. And, 
my um, my W2 doesn't have enough zeros in it to uh, to to have experienced that yet. I think that may be the highest uh, the, the uh, per capita the highest price zip code in uh, in the U.S. I, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. I'm not an expert on anything. Well, but you know the, the 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 land on Fisher's Island was at that time valued at a million dollars an acre. Mm. And they weren't quite sure who owned it. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, you said yes. And I went down there. uh, David Pearson got me introduced down there, and I met with a guy. And I did a rowdy that had nine holes in a driving range. He said, how did you do this? I said, I do do what? He says, there's a driving range here. I said, well, you got to have a driving range. (laughs) Nobody else we've talked to has been able to fit a driving range in here. I said, well, you got to have a driving range, you know, you know, and he hired me on the spot. And, <laughs> and funny thing, you know, I mean, uh, Fisher's Island, you know, what a unique place. And everything was involved with that deal. You know, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's you know, part 35, this and that. But I mean, it's got every, everything that, that the ardent golfer wants to play. And it's a garden. I mean, it's it's absolutely a garden inside that thing. And I told people, I said, you know, listen, you got to give me some consideration here because, you know, you slice it out of bounds on one, you're hitting a 240 foot yacht. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of zeros behind that yacht. <laughs> Guys, you got to give me a little protection on this deal, which they did. And the group we built, it was a, it was a challenge. Because, you know, we were told, well, the whole thing's pure sand. Well, that was the dredging project from the uh, uh, the inlet going in, into Miami. Oh, yeah. They, they dredged. They, they filled it with all that mangrove mud. There, was, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a, a thimble full of sand in that whole thing. <laughs> and uh, But we got it built on time and on budget, and everybody loved it. It was fantastic. Nice. Yeah. So, so was that one it, just in what you were working with was, uh, you know, it, I get the fantastic part, but was that it, obviously it was a challenge. But when you look back on it, is it like, man, that was fun and I'd like to do that again? Or is it, uh, is it just unique to the experience and you really can't measure it? Well, you know, um, did a little project up and in, in, uh, outside of Burlington, Vermont, where you know, they, they sold six holes and had 12 holes and this, that. And I showed them how to get six holes added into the 12 holes. So, as I say, you know, I, I showed them how to get 18 pounds of cucka in a 12-pound bag. So, <laughs> oh, you know, trying to keep a semi, you know, politically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, understood. And, you know, getting things to fit, you know, uh, I love to say, you know, I'm the, I'm, I'm the puzzle maker. You know, I like to. I like to figure out the puzzle, get the things to fit. And, uh, you know, and then building it, you know, that's building. That's the easy part. You know, I mean, the pyramids have been built guys, you know, so, you know, (laughs) sure. Easy. And when you grow up with Caterpillar, you know, anything's possible. Right. 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 Puzzles to fit and all the pieces to fit, you know, that's, that's, that's the real trick. And, um, you know, you talk about nine holes here, nine holes there. You know, a nine-hole project anytime. You know, and build it at topsoil. That's fine. You know, that's the way we did. That's the way it was done in the twenties. 
you know, I'm still driving a 29 pickup truck. So, you know, I can adapt. <laughs> yeah, for Plus, sure. It's a lot more economical. <laughs> well, and, and easy to work on, I guess. Right. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, you, you look at how many golf courses were built before 1963 when sand gravel greens kind of came into effect. Mm. They're all push up topsoil greens. A lot of golf courses built before 63 mm-hmm. still maintain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the yes. way Ross and those guys built them back in the twenties. Right. It, it, right. Right. Yeah. So, so if you were, so if you were, if you were taking on a job, right. And you got to pick one, you don't have to answer. You can tell me it's a dumb question. Maybe. But if you, if you said, if you, if you were, I'm going to take on, you, you can only pick one. We've got a new 18 hole design. And, or we've got a, uh, it's kind of a three-parter, I guess. So you've got a new 18-hole design. I've got a nine-holer that I want to add nine holes onto, or I've got a very unique piece of property that I can only fit nine holes onto. It, it, I mean, are you gravitating towards one of those more than the other, or are there are too many variables that you, you, you know, couldn't answer? Well, you know, the person who's trying to do most for the game of golf, I'm going with. There you go. Okay. All right. Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, the man I work with in, in, out there in, 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 in Vermont, he was giving back to the game of golf. He's got my vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, yeah. Very good. That's a good answer. Yeah. 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 Ab- absolutely fair. And, and, and the right thing, right. I mean, and, and again, I mean, to the die family, right. I mean, thanks for everything that you've, uh, that you've given back for sure. Um, let's see. I got a couple other notes down. I know you're like, I wish this guy quit asking questions, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know when I'm going to get to talk to you again. I got to ask, man. You, you, you've got my phone number, my email and planes fly down here every day. That's right. That's right. Hey, PB, you, when, I, when I show up, well, I'll have to make it through customs first with, <laughs> with that bottle. Uh, I- I've got two white golden retrievers down here. All you got to do is get past my guard dogs. <laughs> uh, <yeah>, right. <laughs> right. Well, and, and your bride, I'm sure she's screening. She may have been the one that answered the phone the other day when I called. So, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. So, uh, um, in, um, uh, so may, I don't know, maybe I haven't heard you answer this question before. Uh, I think I know who your mentor was. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to lead and say that it was, uh, that it was, it was your father, Pete. Um, I, I don't know how much influence your brother, uh, and you, you two had on each other. I'm sure plenty, but have, who have you mentored in the golf course, uh, design world that is now kind of doing their own thing. And you're excited for the impression that you may have left on them. Uh, and, and, and what's, uh, what they're giving back to the game of golf. <laughs> oh God, doggy. Oh no. If that's a bad question, we can just <laughs> we can move on. Now, now you're making me think. This is like, um, <laughs> I want to be a millionaire. The questions get harder as long as we can, we can keep going on. <laughs> you know, of, of, of the people, you know, that I've worked with and, and, you know, and because my uniqueness that, you know, unlike dad where he's bringing on protégés, this and that, and I'm still, was still building my own golf courses, you know, there've been so many construction superintendents that I've worked with that have all done 
fabulous jobs, you know, second, third, fourth, or fifth golf courses. You know, there's, there's too many to even name. But I mean, as far as a designer, um, you know, not, not to, you know, I, I really have, you know, uh, because, you know, like I said, I've only worked with one designer and, you know, that was dad for, you know, for my whole life. Sure. And, you know, Alan McCurrick, you know, who's been with us a long time, he's redone TPC. Said, you know, well, I, I counted, I've worked with 51 architects. I said, Alan, I've only worked with one. So yep. the influence of one. Now, you know, uh, the people that we built these golf courses with over the years, you know, have gone on um, and, and, you know, either have their own golf course or they've, you know, uh, superintended a golf course. And, and, you know, I mean, I took, you know, I took to Ireland one time, Bobby Weed, Jim Dush, Jim Harbin, and Jim Bollinger. And, you know, and, and, and Bobby, you know, was I never mentored Bobby. He and I were, you know, working side by side. You know, we're, we're family and all that stuff. And, but I mean, all the guys that have grown up, you know, that have worked for dad that have gone out on their own, you know, they, they really never worked for me because, you know, I was like an extended dad that I just did my own work. Sure. And I'm not trying to say like I didn't teach anybody, but you know, um, you know, you know, I got a young guy named Corey St. Clair that graduated Purdue that, that, you know, was working on the Nicholas golf course down here in the Dominican Republic. And I hired him. And after a year, he said, this is how you really build a golf course, isn't it? You know, you don't go out with a map and stakes and you know, computers and all this stuff. You just go build it. I said, yeah, that's the way I was taught. So, you know, there's very few of us that are like that. You know, Bobby Weeds like that. Bobby Weeds does his own work, gets on a tractor and a bulldozer and all that stuff. There's very few of us like that. Hmm. And, um, but I mean, I, I don't know if that answers your question, but I mean, well, it's it- I, I ain't got one. Mm. <laughs> well, you, you you've given me enough that I can uh, I, I can uh, I can make a comment on it. Is and and we've said it all throughout this recording. Is that uh, the die family uh, mantra or mindset? And, and you, I don't. You know, if we go back and count how many times you said family. Uh, it's, it's definitely in the double digits. And, and I think that that's the point. And it wasn't a loaded question. I, I was sincere in, in my question of, you know, is there anybody out there? But, but I, I think to your point is you, you're not looking at it as, Hey, I'm mentoring you or you're mentoring me. It's it, it this is a, a familial thing and, and we're working towards a common goal to give back to golf and give back to the golfer. Yeah. I mean, oh, remember, what is it? Sarducci, baseball been very, very good to me. You know? <laughs> Golf very, very good to me. You know. Uh, hold on, can we go back and re-record this and you use that accent the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, they just got rid of Speedy Gonzales today. What else is going to happen? I know, uh, I know. that's the, that blows my mind a little. But hey, but hold on, PB, this is not a political show. This is a show about uh, birdies and uh, alcohol. Urban. Just saying. I got a quick lightning round for him before we let him, before we let him go, Cal. And I know you probably have one or okay. two follow up questions. So, what did you catch yesterday? Uh, your best fly fishing spot and your favorite pinch me foursome that you were in. Well, believe it or not, uh, I caught one Jack Prevail yesterday. We about you know, dang, you know, 12, 13 inches. We call them a grunt when they pull them out. They go, er, er, a 
okay? Oh, yeah. Uh, Black Hawk Ranch in uh, Clarksville, Georgia is one of the greatest places to fly fish in the world. Absolutely wow. fantastic. Uh, they take great care of you there. Wow. And the best pinch me foursome uh, would be my good friend Paul Van Guter, who retired from Delta. Todd Sims, the golf course superintendent from Urbana Country Club. And Gonzo, Steve Gonzalez from Burlington, Vermont, who's a great, he's a PGA pro and a teacher down there in South Florida, this and that. And he brought me up to help his friend uh, when we redid the golf course up there at uh, Quiniaspa. I took took Gonzo and Paul Van Guter to Royal Port Rush two years ago on January, on June 1st. Because I told my friend Paul Van Guter, I said, would you like to play the open course? He said, yes. I have the distinction of the longest period between tee times for a member at Royal Port Rush, 35 years. <laughs> I joined it 35 years ago when I took Jim Dush, Jim Harbin, and Jim Bollinger, and Bobby Weed. And I became a lifetime overseas member, and I showed up June 1st before the open. We had more fun than we're allowed. Oh, <laughs> that's a great answer. <laughs> that, that is that is definitely a next show conversation. I want I, I want to know about everything that you can talk about publicly. <laughs> Perfect answer. We, uh, the lady, the lady that took my check, that started the overseas program for the beach restoration, retired. After I left, and I, I've just—they treated us just like royalty. Wow. And I had a, I had a little, little uh, fun with Gary Player there and a few other people. And absolutely, because you know, on June first, they shut the course down to outside play, except for members and guests. And we, as I said, we just we just had a ball. We we, we played for seven straight days and couldn't couldn't have had any more fun. Oh man! Wow! Oh wow! All right, so Dan wasn't kidding when uh, he triggered some follow-up conversations, follow-up questions. If you got a couple more minutes, if it's okay yeah. with you. All right, so we were chatting with um, we were chatting with Barney Adams the other day, and uh, I'm sure you know who who Barney Adams is. You gotta you gotta tell me. I don't. Sorry. I'm I'm, I'm not falling for that one. <laughs> not falling for that. Barney. Uh, Adams golf. Oh, Adams, oh, Adams golf. Adams Barney golf. Barney Adams. Okay. Okay. That's, that's Adam- like somebody came at me the other day and said, Cap. I said, You mean Andy Cap, the comic strip? I'm going, Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Well, wait. Well, what, do you, what do you call Barney yeah. Adams? <laughs> okay. 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 Now I know who you're talking about, but no, I do not personally know him, but now I know who you're okay. talking about. Okay. All right. So, yeah, Adams golf, right? And he was at, uh, he was at, um, uh, uh, the ranch in Texas. Anyway, so he he was saying how he's a uh, he and Tom Watson are friends, and Tom plays Adams. He's played Adams golf for years, and and he said that they're fly fishing buddies together. So maybe yeah. maybe we get you all connected. Not not that they're friends of ours; they're just friends of the show. But yeah. uh, but you so you mentioned fly fishing. Barney mentioned fly fishing, and he mentioned that he fit, fly fishes with Tom Watson often. Or I shouldn't say often, but when they they are fly fishing buddies. What's the connection between fly fishing and golfers? Because we've heard it, and there's other people. I, I just threw that out there. It takes you to some of the greatest places in the world. Mm. 
that good, good enough. Have you ever uh, heard of the name Stan Waschuk? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say played, that I've played, had two played, drinks and no, but played 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 football in the Canadian Football League. He had a he had a uh, uh, a show that was called Skins and Fins. Okay. okay. No, I don't know him, but uh, tell and me more. He played golf. We played golf together at a barrel store in Mexico. They went down fishing for bonefish and 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 tarpon and all that stuff. But I mean, oh, yeah. you know, he he interviews golfers. Everybody from you know Andy Bean, everybody think of plays four or five holes, films it, then they go fishing. It was called Skins and Fins. I did that, I don't know, fifteen years ago, but that's cool. Fly fishing, it, you know, it just it's just the people you meet and the places it takes you. It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Cool. There's a lot of places that I haven't been that I'd like to go. Uh, so when you're fly fishing down in the Dominican, are you on a boat? Or like fishing in kind of the flats and uh, or because I've, I've been deep sea fishing in the Dominican. I have not been I've not fished kind of I'll say inland or coastal. I, everything I've done has been deep sea. But is there is there something that I have been in the Keys? Uh, I've been down there and, you know, bonefish kind of thing, which you should hit those down there in the Dominican. But are there particular like I mean, are you looking for something? Are you trying to hit permit or are you trying to like are you trying for a particular fish or are you just catching? Down here where we are because of the wind, fly fishing is really not, you know, going to happen. I use a lot of light tackle, spinning, you know, spinning reels yeah. and, and going for anything from snook tarpon and, and and i have not seen a permit down here we do have bonefish down here i've never caught one mm. but uh, fly fishing i do is usually fresh water for trout you know and, okay. and that you know I, I'd, I'd love i i started fly fishing in um ketchikam outside of ketchikam in alaska and uh on uh was it prince of wales island and yep. absolutely fell in love with it years and years years ago and just you know, I'm a nutcase. What can I tell you? <laughs> we had a we had a course on the show um, late last year, and Cal and I played at uh, Old Tacoa Farm. It's near Cashiers, and he said they've yeah. got a great spot for fly fishing yeah. for sure. Yeah, was it that, what town is that in, Cal? Uh, Blue. It's in Blue Ridge, Georgia. It's actually up by where you were talking about in Blackhawk. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, they've got, uh, yeah, got a great little, uh, little trout set up up there. Yeah. It's really, really nice. So it, it, so that's the other thing that kind of triggered me when, and I was that in old Tokoa and Ed came to mind when you were talking about this and, and then I kind of translated back to Presswick and I'm like going, okay, so Presswick, you've got kind of a Highlands golf course set up on nine. And then you've got, uh, a, um, uh, shit, uh, 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 don't say it. Don't say it. Yeah, yeah, Links. Yeah, and you got a link. I know exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks, PB. And you got a link set up on nine. And Presswick is is just that way. And Old Tokoa is that way. Oh, yes. Where they've got and they built nine, and then they added on the other nine. Which I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking of you the whole time. But um, but is do you? I mean, what's the? Pr- it's in your mindset, right? And, and I like that type of golf course because I actually get to play two unique golf setups, but still be at the same location. Is that like, are, do you, is that a, is that a you thing or is it the property uh, just presented itself and that's what you had to do or wanted to do? Well, half the property 
was fairly well, um, I, I say, treed, you know, covered. <laughs> yeah. And the, 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 the area you think is kind of links was a wide open field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. There you go. The California, you know, you, you do what you got to do. So, very cool. And, uh, you know, the great thing about Prestwick is, you know, uh, you got the housing around it, but it really doesn't affect the golf. And the way the layout is, most, you know, you got houses on one side of a golf hole or you got two golf holes side by side. And, you know, it's a community. And I know it's gone public since, you know, lately and all that stuff. But I mean, you know, the, the layout, you know, when you have so many acres, you, you do a layout, you just try and get it to fit. You know, you make the puzzle fit. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, uh, but, you know, the same thing, you know, you know, down there at Deverdue, you know, just south of there that, uh, they had two, you know, there was an existing golf course that dad had done the routing for Lulu Vanderbilt and Wallace, um, Pate, I mean, you know, in the sixties. Oh, wow. But, um, and you know, you talk about a link style golf course and, and I don't quite know your definition of links, but I was always taught it was a seaside golf course where the ocean had receded, leaving sand dunes. Well, there's nothing like that that I know of in the Carolinas except for Kiowa. Exactly. <laughs> Noted, sir. You are the expert. <laughs> no, no, I just, no, he's true. Yeah. My, my understanding of the definition, you know, and, yeah. you know, St. Andrews links, you go to La Hinch and Valley Bunny, and those are humongous sand dunes. Or the ocean receded, left sand dunes. You know, Jupiter, Jupiter, uh, uh, Jupiter Hills. That whole ridge going through Jupiter—that was in the ocean at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, the, those are those are true links golf course, and Jupiter Hills is west of the intercoastal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, noted, noted. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, uh, all right. So I, I'm going to wrap us up because we've, we've kept you longer than you allotted and we want to get on. We want, I want to get back. I've, I've got Can, a I lot of say, notes. PB, thank you. You've got to halftime. We got two more hours to go. I'm just kidding. No, we don't. We <laughs> Bath- don't. Bathroom break. <laughs> bathroom break. No, 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 no. We we, uh, we, we don't want to. We don't want to uh, no. keep you longer. We've yeah. kept you longer than uh, than than the commitment. And I, I've got a lot of notes. I, I tell you this. What I would really like to do, if you would, um, uh, if uh, if you'd be gracious enough, I'd like to get back on with you the week of uh, of the PGA Championship. Oh, and uh, and and do a show and and we talk a little about uh, we can talk more about Kiowa and uh, the, and there's there, I've got t- I've got a lot of notes that I haven't even read off about other golf courses that you've done and just to pick your brain I mean what a wealth of knowledge and just uh, it, it, yeah I, I mean it, it's crazy and and there's stories you you just just say yes because there's stories that you haven't told us that I probably got written down that you'd love to tell us I'm available let me know. Well, I'll tell you this, PB. So I was excited to come in here today because everything we've heard about you was going to be a ton of fun. And I, it was more fun than I even expected. I appreciate your time so much. It was great. It was so much fun. J- Jay Smith undersold your humor. 
for sure. I mean, even, and, and, uh, and Jay, Jay at Presswick was being, um, he was being uh, professional, but when he said, Oh no, he gets on the golf course and he start and, and he starts telling stories and we laugh from the time we get on the golf cart until the time we get off the golf court cart. And that, that is, uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I can't wait to tell Jay, thank you for, uh, for reaching out and, and putting us in touch with each other. I, I agree. Dan and I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Uh, awesome. Well, Hey, it's been a lovely time, sir. And, uh, maybe that Pappy, so make it through customs by the time <laughs> we uh, get back I'll on lose. the show. Yep. Cheers, sir. Cheers. Right. Cheers. <laughs>